If you've got your Bibles, open up to Genesis chapter 12. We'll be in Genesis chapter 12, 13, 14, and 15. Don't run. We're not going to read it all, okay? Most of it's going to be covered in the video. Uh, but I did want to start with a couple things. Uh, number one, thank you very much. Many of you uh, contributed to a gift for me, uh, putting a radio in my 77 Ford F100. And let me tell you, NPR has never sounded so good. So uh, I am, no, that was a bad joke, I know, it's okay. Anna Grace hates it uh, because she now listens to something intellectual on the way to work, on the way to uh, school, as opposed to just me talking to her on the way to school. So we're working through all those uh, ins and outs there. But thank you so much for that. It is really awesome, uh, and I love being able to listen to stuff. So it's pretty cool. Um, second thing is, I've already told you open to Genesis 12, right? Yes, yes awesome. Uh, two weeks ago, we had 694 people in Sunday school in at Stewart Heights Baptist Church. 694, which was a new record for the past 50-some-odd years of Sunday school at Stewart Heights Baptist Church. Last week, we had 707, which was also a new record. So thank you for doing your part uh, and being where you're supposed to be. I think our class has been doing really, really well there, so I appreciate that. Uh, and with that, we're in Genesis chapter 12. So... Who did the reading for this week? Who read the text before they came to Sunday school this week? Anybody? I've got one hand over here, one hand over. Did you really? That is so awesome. Cool. Awesome. Here we go. Can we give her a hand? How cool is that? Thank you very much. Um, so all of us adults, right? Like, oh, wow, that was amazing, you know? That was incredible. So... Uh, those of you that have been in our class for a while know that I like to give away books. I read a lot of books, and I like to give away books. And uh, my personal library is only about this big because I give them away after I read them because it's like, I read it. Let's give it away. Uh, so you never know what you're going to get in Sunday school. But we're in Genesis chapter 12. This is uh, Abram's reward, and that's not a typo. This is not Abraham. He's not Abraham yet. God has this really cool thing in the Scriptures where... Once he gets to know you a little bit and you get to know him, things change. And some of those things that change sometimes are your name because he decides to give you a new name. Uh, so he hasn't changed to the new name yet, but uh, he's still Abram and he's got a nephew named Lot. Yes. And Lot is a lot, first bad joke of the day, like us. Uh, when I read through Genesis 12, 13, 14, 15 in first half, uh, uh, first half of 15 is I can relate a lot more to Lot than I can to Abram because Lot looks out over this vast expanse of land and Abram says, you get to pick. And Lot picks what's good looking, right? And, and I would say, go Lot, right? Hashtag Team Lot or something like that. It makes sense, right? And, and that's not what was best. Um, because he was looking at it through a different set of eyes. So we're going to watch a video this morning, and we'll have some table time. I'll come back, we'll wrap up, we'll talk about uh, the text a little bit more in a little bit more detail. So here we go with the video. So I keep waiting for some type of dramatic presentation where God's voice doesn't have an echo. Right? But I haven't got one yet, so it's okay. Um, and Melchizedek reminded me a little bit of Elrond from, anybody feel that? Lord of the Rings, right? But that's okay. That's okay. Uh, so at your tables, there are uh, handouts. Um, there's some green text at the bottom of uh, the front and the top of the second. There are some questions. So we just looked at this video. 
please, please, please make sure your Bibles are open to Genesis chapters 12, 13, 14, and the first half of 15 because uh, that is the text, right? This is interpretation of the text, but that is the text. So take a couple minutes uh, and discuss those questions at your table, and then we'll come back and wrap up in a few. All right, direct your attention back up to the screen for a sec. I'm going to show you a, uh, an example of what I, I think is one of the points of this story. So you see the big blue box on the left? You see the, blue box on the right? see the little blue box on the right? Yeah. You know what those represent? Uh, actually, no, not God and us. That probably would have been a better example. So um, now that I think about it. So. Now the, uh, the little box on the right um, is... 100 million man hours and that's what it took to populate all of Wikipedia so if you think about the vastness of all the stuff that you can look up on Wikipedia 100 million man hours that's what it took to populate that so the big box on the left um, is populating Google yeah actually no that's uh, 200 billion man hours that's the amount of time that American adults spend on average watching TV each year and you go, wow, that's just kind of sad, isn't it? I mean, it's sad on several different levels. But so, so here's the here's the point here. Sometimes less is more because the less is significant, all right? So, so when you think about what Abram's response was so many times in this story, it was, I'll take what's left over. You, you pick, you go first. I will take second place. I will take the less. I will take the less ideal, I will take the less optimal, I will take the less. And, and many times in my life, I find myself identifying with Lot going, I want to be first in line. I want to get the best pick. I want to get the best seat. I want to get the best this. And, and in reality, and this is your blank, if you're blank fillers, for those of you that are blank fillers, less is greater than more many times in the, in the Christian life, is that, that when we defer, when we say someone else can have the better, and it's a lot of fun, actually, too, once you kind of get into this habit of saying, you know what, you, you, you go do that. And we do this with our kids regularly, right? Because we say, I want my kids to have better than I did, right? Okay. So, so that's perhaps one of the points here. Number two there is people are greater than possessions. People are greater than possessions. And we actually even saw this from the king of Sodom. And I don't think I've ever complimented anybody in Sodom for anything, all right? And I've been teaching for... A while, and I don't think I've ever accomplished. But the king of Sodom said, "Give me the what? Give me the people." Even he understood that the people are more important than those possessions. But Abram didn't want anything to do with those possessions, right? Because he didn't want to be tied back to that relationship, right? Because that was not good. So these people are are far more important than possessions. And the number three, generosity is greater than hoarding. How many of you have seen this TV show, Hoarders? Seen this show? It, it's just like, how many of you know a hoarder? I'm not. A, I'm not going to ask anybody to self-identify this morning. Okay, don't worry. Um, but if you know one, you've seen this behavior. And and how many of you, when you saw the show, you were like, "That's the word for it." Okay, that's great. I know that person. Right. And and, and it's sad because stuff doesn't satisfy. Right. And we all know that, and that's the Sunday school answer, and that's great. But stuff doesn't satisfy. I can build up and build up and build up and build up, but what do you have? You have a cluttered garage is what you have, right? You have a storage unit that you can't get the door open to, 
You have junk because it's decaying. It's a fundamental principle of the universe is that everything is always decaying. So the more you accumulate, the more you have that's rotting. So just think about it that way. It might perhaps be easier. You know. So generosity is greater than hoarding. So, so despite all of these things that God put Abram through, which are really quite ridiculous if you think about it. Right? This voice shows up and he tells you to jump up and go out of your land and leave your family and go somewhere where I will tell you. Not go to this spot. Go somewhere where I will tell you. So, so this is the modern day equivalent. Get in your car and start driving and then the GPS will kick on a few hours later and tell you where you're going. Who wants to sign up for that? You're like, maybe so. Adam's crazy, so he signs up, right? Um, yeah, so, so God provides. So let's list some of the things that God provides here. God provides direction for Abram, right? He provides, they're not all going to rhyme either, by the way. Protection on the way. Did, did Abram's family get eliminated on the way to where he was going? No, absolutely not. He provided uh, sustenance. He provided ridiculous growth, right? Because when, when you have so much that you have to argue with your neighbor over where the land is and who's going to sit on the land and who's not, that's a lot of stuff, okay, right? I mean, this is, in my notes, I was taking notes through the text. Um, where was it? It was uh, It was on, yeah, now the land was not able to support them. This is 13.6. That they might well dwell together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. In my notes, I have first world problems, right? Yeah, I, my iPhone acts up sometimes, and I get so aggravated, and I'm like, yeah, it's a first world problem because right? I still got to eat today. Um, but so God provided this, ridiculous growth, this ridiculous prosperity. What else did he provide? Hello? Should I do it with an echo so you feel more inclined? You provided a narrated voice? Yeah, probably not. You provided a voice out of nothing, which scared the devil out of me. What else did he provide? Esther? Yeah, 15.6 is kind of a big deal, right? Because if you believe in this whole concept of salvation by grace through faith, then Abraham got Abram. Dang it, I knew I was going to mess up today. Abram got saved in 15:6. So 12, 13, and 14 were all the behaviors of an unsaved man. And you're going, that's really kind of shocking, actually, because I don't behave that well, and I am a Christian. Right? So salvation occurred in 15:6. So what else did he provide? Probably should have started with that one, huh? Yeah. It's at the end of the story, though, right? Yeah. What else did God provide? There's a ton of right answers here, guys. I mean, it's... Say again? None? Victory, absolutely, yeah. He went up with 318 men. Was that the number? 318 men against many kings. You know, I don't... I don't know what number you need, but I'd want more than 318. So it seems small to me, but it's enough for God. So Yes, what else did he provide? He gave him hope, didn't he? That tomorrow is going to be better. Yes, thank you so much. She is awesome. Let me tell you. Bump knuckles on that one. There we go. Awesome. Absolutely. He got hope. He got hope. Here's an old man right, that just beat up on these kings and he's going, this is great. 
Lot has been saved. My nephew has potential. But I have a servant in my house that I'm going to pass things on to. And God said, hang on, I'm not done with you yet. The story is not over. And that is the beautiful thing about the story of Scripture is that it is not over. We're still writing this. right? Jesus hadn't come back yet. This story is not over. And when he does come back, the last chapter is awesome. So take a couple minutes at your tables and write your prayer requests down. I think we've got, we've got a sheet at every table. Maybe not. I'll get some back for back here. And then uh, take a moment and pray. And then you are dismissed. And we will come back next week and do this again. We've got another one here. Thank you much. And uh, thanks for coming today, guys.